we see him face to face. I want to talk with you this morning about something that everybody here today has already done today. Can you think what I might have in mind? Someone said, well, we all brushed our teeth before we came, hopefully. <laughs> Somebody said, you know, some other things that we all had to do in preparation to come to a place like this. Not exactly what I have in mind, but I have in mind today something that you probably have done several times already in the course of being present at this assembly. What I have in mind specifically is the idea of obedience. You know, there are a lot of rules to obey. All of us who drove a vehicle, some of you were riding, of course, but all of us who drove here had a number of laws that we had to observe and obey in order to get here. There's just all kinds of rules, ordinances, instructions, and commands that we are expected to obey on a regular basis. Obedience is a very important concept. Those of you who are parents and you've got your kids, your toddlers, and even teenagers at home, uh, you know, you teach them the principles of obedience and, and you expect them to comply with the things that you want them to do and you tell them to do. Obedience is very important. It's also, of course, a fundamental concept in regards to our relationship with God. And we want to spend just a few minutes this morning talking about the importance of obedience as it relates to our interaction with God and our standing before Him. Before we get into that study, we stop here just for a minute to say thank you for being present on this beautiful Lord's Day. We were really blessed with a beautiful day. We're blessed to be able to be together, to worship God and to study from His Word. And we're glad that you've chosen to be a part of this. We have lots of visitors, as Joel already mentioned. We're glad that you're here. I want you to come back every time you have a chance to be present. If you have any questions at all, we're always open to your questions. And we'd be glad to sit down and study with you on any Bible subject. You just let us know how we can be of a service to you. But thanks to everyone for being present this morning. We talked about obedience. And as we were just pointing out, a very simple observation is that obedience is certainly absolutely necessary. Now, again, we would recognize that in regards to most anything else, the traffic laws, the tax laws, uh, per, uh, you know, uh, authority when it is in the public place. We understand our uh, nece necessary obedience to those things. But it's amazing for some reason that men don't tend to realize or accept the importance of obedience when it comes to serving God. They might demand it at home. They might demand it at school. They might demand it in the workplace. But for some reason they think religiously that obedience is not an important concept, that God does not really require it. A lot of these people have the notion that God is just entirely a God of love, uh, that really all that matters is if we have a sincere heart, uh, just sort of a warm, fuzzy feeling about God is all that really is necessary, that obeying any specifics is not even required. But of course, the Scriptures teach otherwise. One of our memory verses that we've been attempting to learn is Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Notice the emphasis on doing the will of the Father. If you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you must do the will of the Father. That's obedience, right? That's what we're talking about. In Hebrews chapter 5, 
beginning verse 8, speaking of Jesus, it said, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Being made per- and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Now, Jesus has provi- provided a means of salvation for all, but in order to access that or have the benefit of that, notice, he's the, eter- the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. And so, obedience is absolutely necessary. The important thing to remember about the obedience to God's instructions is that He has put them there for our well-being. That He has not just made rules to see if we can obey them, but He's actually made rules and commands and instructions because He knows what's in our best interest. I remember when I was a boy playing Little League Baseball, we were playing the best team in the league, and their best pitcher was pitching in that particular game. And we were into the final inning, and he had a perfect game going. Even in Little League, to throw a perfect game is a rather rare feat. But he had a perfect game going, and in fact, he did complete the perfect game. We didn't, we didn't get a hit. He didn't throw a walk to any batter. Uh, he pitched a perfect game. I was one of the last batters up. And uh, the coach gave the signal from the third base box for me to bunt. And so I, I, I tried to bunt the first time and missed. He gave me the same signal the, the second pitch and gave me the bunt signal. I, I bunted it and boy, it was a, I'm, I wasn't a great bunter, but this was a pretty good bunt. And it was rolling very slowly down the third baseline and so much so that the third baseman knew he couldn't make a play on the ball and get me out at first base and he let it roll and in his final two revolutions it rolled foul. Oh man, but I was feeling pretty good because I came that close to getting a hit. And so I got back in the batter's box and I looked back to the coach and he was giving me the bunt signal again. The bunt signal with two strikes already, you know. And if you foul, of course, those of you who know baseball, if you foul attempting to bunt on the third strike, you're out. Well, I looked again and he was giving me that bunt signal. And so, sure enough, I squared around a bunt and sure enough, I fouled it off and I was out. After the game... He could tell I was pretty upset, and he and and I said, "Why? Why did you tell me to bunt on the third strike?" He said, "I just wanted to see if you would do it." <laughs> that was his answer. Uh, you know, some people have that view of God that He gives rules just to see if we'll do it. That He doesn't really, you know, the, the rules per se are not all that important, but He's just sort of a mean guy, and He'd like to put it on us and just see how much He could make us do, how hard He could be on us. Sort of like the the baseball coach, just to see if we would do it. God's not that way. That is not God. God, certainly obedience to God is necessary, but His rules are there for our well-being, for our protection, for our blessing. We need to obey God. Obedience is absolutely necessary. The second observation about basic obedience is that to just partially obey really equals disobedience. Some of you fathers think about this if you have a teenage son and he actually happens to have his driver's license and so you send him to the store and say, you know, I want you to go to the store. While you're at the store, buy a bag of candy bars for yourself uh, and uh, and then stop by McDonald's on the way home and get yourself, you know, uh, 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 whatever you want at McDonald's and make sure it includes a milkshake, you know, and... and uh, and then when you get home, I'd really like for you to mow the grass. Yeah. 
And so what happens? Well, the kid gets in the car. He loves to drive the car anyway, right? He, and he goes to the store. He buys the bag of candy bars. He stops at McDonald's on the way home, gets himself a big meal with a milkshake. But when he gets home, he does not mow the grass. Has he been an obedient child? He did two out of the three things he was told to do. Isn't that good enough? Right? No. We know that he has not been obedient. No father will think that that is an obedient son on those conditions. The same thing would be true at work. If if your boss at work gave you three assignments and you completed only two of the three, he would not be happy with you for partially doing what he said to do. And therefore, we should not be so surprised to know that God views it the same way. To just partially do His will is not enough. Partial obedience really is disobedient. In the reading that Ricky read for us earlier from 1 Samuel chapter 15, we know it very well, we've studied it often, the instance where King Saul was told to go and utterly destroy the Amalekites as a punishment from God. This was not, this was not just a whim of God, but he was actually punishing them for things they had done in the past, he sent King Saul and the army of Israel to destroy the Amalekites. They weren't supposed to take any spoil from that battle, as you remember. Typically, armies did. When you went to battle and you won, you collected the spoil from the people that you defeated. But not here. God said, take no spoil. But here they came back from the battle. They had been victorious. And Samuel came to Saul. This is Chapter 15, 1 Samuel, beginning verse 13. Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed be thou the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Now notice, Saul said, I did what I was told to do. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And so Samuel asked him, "Uh, how, How come I'm hearing these animals? You weren't supposed to bring any animals back. If you've done what you were told to do, why am I hearing this? And, of course, Saul proceeded to try and justify his actions. If we skip down to verse 21, Saul said, trying to make an excuse for himself, but the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. You get the idea that Saul, and again, I don't know if we could trust him at this point. Already we know of this man, we know his character flaws. He may not have been telling the truth here, we can't tell for sure, but assume even that he was telling the truth. We've brought these animals back with the intention of a huge sacrifice to the Lord. We're going to have a sacrifice ceremony the likes of which you have never seen before. This is going to be awesome. It will be great. We're going to sacrifice these animals to the Lord. Well, that's not what God said to do, right? That was not his instruction. And so Samuel's response was, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. And we need to understand that as well. That when God has told us what he wants us to do, we can't go just part way to fulfilling his command. We can't just partially obey what he's instructed to do. We must do all the will of God. In fact, in James chapter 2 at verse 10, It says, whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. God does not view partial obedience as true obedience. It's disobedience. Uh, Lots of people need to learn that. We all do, I'm sure. Need to understand that we need to work hard to do our very best to fulfill all the instructions that God has given us to do. We should also understand that good intentions are not enough when it comes to obedience. 
these are such simple observations. I mean, it just common sense tells us so, right? Here's this young man, and he's got this girlfriend, and he just he he just professes his deep love and abiding devotion to his girlfriend. But he's always late when they when they have a date, when he's to pick her up to take her out for a dinner or something. He's always late, and so here he comes again. And he told her that he would pick her up at 6 o'clock and it's almost 7 when he shows up. And so she's kind of ill about that. And she says, you were supposed to be here at 6. Yeah, well, I, I meant to be. I, I, it, was, it was my plan. I intended to be here at 6. You know, just some things came up and one thing led to another and I, I, I'm late. Uh, oh, and by the way, he said... Uh, I really intended to stop and buy you some flowers, but I didn't get that done either. And so what he announces is his good intentions. You know, his good intentions are, I meant to be on time, and I meant to bring you flowers, but he didn't do either one. Do you think his girlfriend is happy with him on that? Not at all, right? Good intentions, not enough for her. Why would we think good intentions are enough to satisfy God? Good intentions are not enough. In Matthew chapter 21, Jesus told of a father who had two sons. Notice in Matthew 21, beginning verse 28, a certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whither of them twain did the will of the father. Now notice this one who said he was going to go. The second son said, I go, sir, and he went not. What do you think the situation was with him? Did he just outright lie when he told his father, I'm going to go? Maybe. I mean, I think that's certainly a possibility. Or could you look at it by saying he had good intentions to go, he just didn't get it done? Which way? An outright lie or good intentions not followed through? I'm not sure, but either way. The father wasn't pleased, right, because the job didn't get done. And that's the way it is with us. Our good intentions are not enough. We have to do the will of God. We have to be obedient. That's, again, a pretty simple observation, but a necessary one on this important concept of obedience. And finally, let me suggest to you that really, when when you boil it all down, obedience is so common in all aspects of our lives. We've already stated that obedience to God is necessary. We've got to learn that principle. We've got to apply it. Uh, so many passages teach the necessity of it. Second Thessalonians 1, beginning verse 7, The Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. That's a pretty scary description, isn't it, of the impending judgment that's coming. Who's going to be judged? Those who obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is obedience important? Well, of course it is. How could we possibly deny that? But you know, it's not just in our relationship with God directly where He has commanded obedience. Certainly there He has. And we've been pointing that out throughout our lesson. In our relationship with God, obedience is necessary. Do what He said to do. But he really has instructed us to be obedient in almost every relationship of life that we find ourselves in. For instance, what about in the home? Titus chapter 2, verse 5. 
wives are instructed to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good. Notice, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Obedience is necessary in, in the husband-wife relationship. It's necessary for the children. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's necessary when we find ourselves in a working relationship. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and singleness of heart, as unto Christ. And so, in the home, in, in our working relationships, certainly even with our government, obedience is necessary. Titus 3, verse 1, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be to be ready to every good work. And so, in, in our situation as citizens toward our government, obedience is instructed. And definitely in the church, the the concept of obedience is necessary when we come together in a local congregation. Notice Hebrews 13 verse 17: Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Uh, I think here is an area where we can work to improve and do better. Uh, we find it sometimes hard to be submissive and obedient to the elders of the local congregation, but obedience is a part of that relationship, to be sure. If we were to put it all together, I think we could say that there really is only one exception in regards to the matter of obedience, and that would be, as you well know, a situation where a command of a man contradicts the commandment of God. And in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, Peter and the other apostles answered the counsel that was threatening them, challenging them not to teach about Jesus. They said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And so when a command of man or men or any group or institution of men, when a command that generates with, a, with men contradicts a command that comes from God, the only exception that we have is we ought to obey God rather than men. And so obedience is such a, a simple, fundamental concept, and yet so important and necessary for us uh, in all aspects of our lives. Well, we ought to understand that, and we ought to work to be the kind of obedient people God is expecting us to be. What's your situation this morning? Are you obedient to God? Have you surrendered yourself in obedience to His commands? For those who are not Christians yet, there's a very simple process. We call it the plan of salvation, whereby you come into a relationship with God. You're forgiven of your past sins. You become His child. And you have the hope of heaven when this life is over. Have you done the things necessary to be a Christian? Upon hearing God's truth, will you believe it? Repent of your sins, confess your faith in Jesus, and be baptized for the remission of sins. We're ready to assist you in that obedience. We'd be glad to study with you if you need more information. You let us know how we can help. If you're a Christian already, yet you've fallen away from faithfully serving the Lord, you need to come back to Him in repentance, confession, and prayer. If we can help, let us know while we stand and sing this song.